This is Exploring Leaders with INSEAD Strategy and Innovation Professor and author Nathan Fur, sharing innovation leadership insights, inspiring you to take leadership in the digital age. Do you wonder how trailblazing leaders sense at scale, involve to innovate, and align the actions in this increasingly digital world? Welcome to the Exploring Leaders podcast. The experienced team at Degosian interviews leaders from around the world for insights and inspiration on how to lead in the digital age. In this episode, Degosian founder Lizalette Engstam, who is also an independent board chair and director, researcher, author, and advisor, asks the questions. Our guest today is Nathan Fur. Nathan is Professor of Strategy and Innovation at INSEAD. He's the author of four award-winning books, including Innovation Capital, How to Compete and Win Like the World's Most Innovative Leaders, Leading Transformation, How to Take Charge of Your Company's Future, Nail It, Then Scale It, and Managing Breakthrough Innovation. Nathan believes that leaders need to guide their company's innovation agendas. This episode focuses on his insights into corporate innovation and transformation and areas he believes we need to focus. Professor Nathan Fur, delightful to be here. Thank you so much for taking the time. You work here at INSEAD as a professor. Can you tell us a bit about your area? Yeah. So my work is really in two areas. So first I do... I explore the question, how does innovation happen in established companies? So I look at the people and the process and the cultural elements of Mm. established companies that are able to innovate. And that's work that's been published in books like The Innovator's Method, another book coming out uh, next year called Innovation Capital, about how do you win support for your ideas, Uh, The Innovator's DNA, how do you get ideas, So, uh, and articles around that. And then the second area I work on is, we could call it, maybe more a strategy level question, you know, Mm -hmm. how do we respond to disruptions, particularly digital transformation, and and how do we navigate a world Mm -hmm. of platforms and ecosystems and all these kind of questions? So really, it's a technology strategy and an innovation world that I live in. It couldn't be more current, right? (laughs) It couldn't be more current. So you're actually releasing a book as well. Yes. Very shortly, which is, uh, I learned, it's called Leading Transformation, How to Take Charge of Your Company's Future. Yeah. And that is really something yeah. that we as leaders and board members need to think yeah. very much more carefully about now. So you've studied innovation and, and, and transformation and changing companies. What do you see are some of the challenges that companies and leaders are struggling with? You know, ultimately, the big challenges are always human challenges. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can say it's technology and all that, but it's really... The, the, the people issues that get in the way that hold us back. And, and so the, the book Leading Transformation is really trying to address some of those issues. I mean, these are old, old issues. And, and we don't claim to be the first people to have addressed it. But what we do do is we say, listen, we now have like 30 years of psychological science and cognitive science about what holds people back from change. And if we took some of that seriously, what we'd see is that there's some common themes. For example, the tendency to get stuck in the status quo and and not see what else is possible. The the tendency to get trapped by your habits and your routines and and the fear of doing something different that holds Mm. you back. And so all we do in this is describe some tools that we've used with companies to help them overcome those hurdles and, and, and see, and it begins with imagining what else is possible mm. and, and seeing beyond that status quo and then 
making some meaningful progress mm-hmm. towards that goal. That's so interesting. So um, I understand that you actually outline a bit of a process in yeah. your book yeah. uh, that has three steps. Yeah. And I understand the first step is to envision the possible. Yeah. So can you tell us a bit about what is that yeah. and, and what you actually do? Yeah, yeah. So each of the steps is built around the major category of, of hurdles that hold people back. Mm. So what we're trying to address there is the tendency to get stuck in the status quo. Mm-hmm. So what we do is really two parts. First, how do we break out of the conversations we have in our company or our board every day mm-hmm. and see what else is possible for this company? And then how do we get people to start believing it's possible? So mm-hmm. some of the things we've done, for example, is we've actually used science fiction writers. I know that sounds a little crazy. Yeah, science fiction <laughs> writers to help people, to help executives imagine what else their company could do. And, and we're not saying, you know, we're not trying to take a hardware company and turn them into Google, we're saying, you know what? What could the future look like in five to 10 years? And how could you be the leader in that Mm. space? And then once we've used, and there's other tools besides Mm. science fiction, we we talk about uh, using analogies and using exaptation and these other cool ideas. Once you've envisioned something Mm. else that's possible, now you have to start the wheels rolling on people believing it can happen. And to do that, we're very serious about using narrative now, stories an old idea that we talk about that in business all the time. I would challenge anybody who says our company has a story, would you want to sit down and read that story on Sunday morning? <laughs> I doubt it. So what we're talking about is a real story with characters and conflict and resolution. Okay. And then we find a creative way to tell it. So, for example, most often we tell it like in a comic. And we hand this, I mean, this comic to senior executives, CEOs, who, you know, who are accountants by training, you know, or other creative ways to tell a story that shifts the organization from, well, we couldn't do that because that's not who we are to a space of saying, wait a minute, we don't want to miss out on that valuable future. How do we be a part of that? So again, just review, we find tools to help executives and leaders imagine what else could be possible. Mm. And then second, we embed it in a story so that people can suspend their disbelief and start making forward progress. And and and, and I'll just hint, this this applies to companies and it applies to individuals. I hate to say it, it really yeah, does apply yeah. to myself. Like yeah. what else is yeah. possible for me in five yeah. to 10 years? And what's the story that would motivate mm. me to start taking action? You can check out more hints and tips in the blog post covering this podcast episode of Exploring Leaders at the Degotian blog, which you can find at Degotian.com. And that's a really inspiring thought, yeah, uh, yeah. actually, for both person yeah. and companies. Yeah. The next step is to break down resistance. Yeah. So what does that hold? Yeah. I'm thinking now with all the geopolitics and yeah. regulations yeah, and... Yeah, yeah. Uh, what does that hold? Uh, well, for you know, us as we, companies we, we wrote this for, you know, all kinds of leaders working on all kinds of projects mm-hmm. and established companies. And one of the things they're going to face is you, you highlight is the politics mm-hmm. and the habits and the routines. Mm-hmm. And these are the things that hold us back. And, and listen, we don't claim to have, you know, uh, in no sense in any part of the book do we claim to have, you know, written the, the universal script that like, you know, contains everything. But what we talk about is, in any organization, you're going to have to face up to the fact that there are going to be people in positions of power who are going to may want to block you, who may be your hurdles. And so what we talk about is how do you start to convert those to your side? How do you get them working on your behalf? And we essentially talk about, number one, creating a decision map of the organization, both the formal 
and the informal. That's the most important. We're the informal decision bottlenecks in the organization. Then number two, understanding kind of the language of the organization. So uh, a lot of times companies don't realize it, but like if you compared and contrasted like Adobe and Microsoft, they're both software companies, but you'd see Microsoft sees themselves very much as an engineering company just based on the way they talk about themselves, whereas Adobe sees themselves as a design company. Mm. So you figure out what the language is of the company, Mm. you start speaking Mm. the language they value, and then you identify those most critical bottlenecks, those people you need to like get on your side Mm. and and kind of try to understand. And here we use another crazy tool from the past. We, We say, what's the functional archetype of this person? Like, What's their, what's their role and how do I understand their incentives and how I, how I help them satisfy their incentives? So I'll give you an example. A lot of times legal gets in the way of, of doing something yeah. new. And a lot of times if you look closely at the people in legal, they see themselves as the caretakers. Like yeah. it's my job to keep this company from getting into any kind of trouble. Yeah. And, and so they'll block these kind of new things. Yeah. And what you have to do is go to them. If they're the decision maker, go to them and say, Hey, you're caretaking this organization, but, but here's the big risk we face by doing nothing. Yeah. So how can you help me think about how we protect this organization from that big risk? Mm-hmm. And see, what you're doing is you're now putting in terms of their incentives, mm-hmm. in terms of their language. So we just try to get people say, you know, to recognize, you know, after you've dreamed up mm-hmm. this big vision and this story, you're going to have to face the reality of the politics and the habits and the right. routines. And so right. how are you going to start, start to break through that? Right. That's, that's messy. We admit that. Yeah. 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 It, it is messy. Yeah. Both in thought and reality, yeah. actually. Yeah. So, and the, and the, the final step is prototyping the future. Yeah. I love yeah. that yeah, yeah. step. <laughs> yeah. Tell me what, tell me what you actually do. So <laughs> it's great to have a vision of the future and a story, but you need to start making measurable progress right away. Mm. So the first thing we do is suggest creating what we call an artifact trail. So that starts with the end that you want and then backs down to where you are today and maps out as many tangible, small, actionable steps and wins as possible. Mm. Like I would challenge, like, what could we do by next week? Mm. And what could we do by next week? So what that allows you to do is start to, for you and those around you, start making actionable progress. So that's number one. Then number two is you're going to need some metrics of your progress. And you need them for two reasons. One, you're going to have a lot of skeptics. Mm. You need metrics that can convince your skeptics. And number two, to be honest, if you're really doing something new, you need some guidance about which yeah. way to go? You're going to have to make decisions. Do I turn left or right or yeah. keep going? And, and so you need to find a way to create some, some what we call KPIs of the future. Yeah. How, what are the things that are going to help you know where to go and convince your skeptics? Yeah. And we, we, to be honest, we mm-hmm. just use very simple experimental design tools mm-hmm. to help, you know, help you think through, gosh, what measures do I need? What are the experiments that I could run to get these measures? And then, we do try to inspire people right. with what's possible. And we, we do describe how we have used the marquee tool, which is we've used applied neuroscience. So we have literally put high resolution EEG headsets on people and like on executives, on, on users while they li- read the story, while they see the prototypes and use that to understand like which direction we should go now. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's very fun. <laughs> and not everybody has access to it. And you, you don't have to. There's other tools you can use. Yeah. But the key is, mm-hmm. how do I how do I create an actionable? How do I start taking action mm-hmm. today? 
And then how do I start measuring my progress so that I know if I'm going the right direction or not? And those around me who are like, uh, I don't believe in that. You have something close. So you have something measurable that you can share with them. To get even more value out of the podcast series, Exploring Leaders, you can find everything from research reports to advice and courses at the Degotian website, which you can find at Degotian.com. And, you know, I'm down here right now because we are about 140 yeah. international board members in academia wow. meeting together. Wow. Uh, and the topic is governance in a disrupted world. Yes. So if you think about uh, your process and books, how mm. can boards engage in mm. that? How can they support that process? Mm. Boards are actually immensely important to this mm. because, you know... Um, when I work with CXOs, they will often tell me, well, I would do something, but the, you know, I can't get permission to do it, either from shareholders or from the board or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, in my view, I, you know best, but I feel like there's almost been a shift in the governance world from board members as being kind of these, um, regulators almost who are mm-hmm. to there to make sure that nothing goes wrong Absolutely. to a world where so much change is happening where board members need to help the organization see further yeah. see where they need think about where they need to be going get outside of that short-term yeah. mindset yeah. and so if anything i think especially the leading transformation ideas have immense relevance mm-hmm. for the board to push the organization to say, you know what, the future's changing fast. What, what else is possible? Where else could we go? Where else could you be going? How do we think about that? And then, uh, and I, I guess if I, you know, asked about the other, you know, asked about the other work that I do. I mean, the other work I do is on digital transformation and on how do we create organizations that are able to innovate in this environment of uncertainty? Because mm-hmm. that's, that's really the key to being able to renew. And when I say innovate, I'm not saying that you need to, I, I never believe that, you know, a, company, let's say a railway company is going to become the next Amazon. That's not going to happen. It's really, how do you innovate within your space? How do you take what you're good at and find new and better uses for those things? And so I guess I would say just, I would communicate to those board members. There are new processes that are Mm. available to help organizations Mm. to be more methodical Mm. in their innovation too. And by methodical, I mean lower cost, higher throughput of ideas and wasting less resources. Mm. So more effective in the way that they do it. And where big companies get in trouble is they apply their existing tools, their existing ways of managing to the innovation uh, project and to innovation activities. And really there's a, there's a different set of tools Mm. for that. Mm. There's, and and so it's just about recognizing there's two toolkits and, Mm. and how do we help the, the leaders we're guiding the CXOs and the leaders we're guiding recognize there's two toolkits so they, they can they can use the right tools in the right situation. Very good. And uh, you've obviously met with an immense amount of companies and leaders. Is there any companies or leaders you believe that we could, not for everything, but for mm-hmm. some areas, could keep our eyes on? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean I've had the opportunity to meet with well-known and less-known companies. Mm-hmm. Let me maybe suggest... A company that everybody talks about, but maybe say why they will probably remain an object of conversation. So everybody talks about Amazon. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I've had a couple chances to interview Jeff Bezos oh, and wow. the mm-hmm. other um, executives. So Jeff Wilkes, who's head of retail, mm-hmm. the, um, Andrew Jassy, who's head of Amazon Web Services. And you heard me at the beginning of our discussion say established companies that are able to innovate have three categories of things in common. People, process, and philosophy. And for me, philosophy is culture and leadership and structure and mm-hmm. all those kind of issues. And I guess what is impressive about Amazon when you peer under the surface is they've been very thoughtful about creating that culture and structure and governance that allows innovation to happen. And so what you get is you get uh, what we called in, uh, in the book that's coming out next year, what we called Silicon Valley Inside. So that Amazon is not dependent on Jeff Bezos for their new ideas. Instead, they have an infrastructure to source ideas, to mature ideas quickly using the kind of you know processes mm-hmm. I talked about in the innovator's method to fund those ideas and allocate resources mm-hmm. to them, to cut ideas that are no longer good. Mm-hmm. And, and, and these, I mean, Andrew Jassy gets, you know, hundreds of ideas every day on his desk every year, not day, excuse me, gets hundreds of ideas every year on his desk, independent of Bezos. And it's because they've created that infrastructure. And so, you know, I I talk about that a lot in the Innovators Method and and I talk about it in my teaching, but I think they've really Mm. a great example of a very large company that has been able Mm. to do that. I think there's other very interesting companies. I mean... You know, if you think about companies that are using the leading transformation tools, I mean, Pepsi is a very interesting mm-hmm. one that has used these tools to shift, uh, to finally make that move to healthy food that they've right. been struggling with yeah. for a long time. We saw Lowe's, the hardware oh, wow. retailer company, start to make this process. Mm-hmm. And then there was some shifts in who made the decisions that were a little bit tragic. So I'm not sure where they're at now, but those would be companies I would look at. Right. So fantastically inspiring yeah. and very interesting. The, uh, the the kind of final thing then is, what is, the, what is the advice you have for leaders and board members? Just some short advice. For leaders and board members, my advice would be you don't have to know the future. You don't have to be Steve Jobs. You don't have to be the chief decision maker only. I would encourage you to take on a complementary role, what I call being the chief experimenter, which is in a world of uncertainty, you can't possibly know all the answers. So your job is instead is to create the environment in which junior people, junior leaders can run the fast and cheap experiments that allow them and allow you to discover what the future would be. So I would say, be the chief experimenter in addition to being the chief decision maker. Fantastic. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for listening to Exploring Leaders, a podcast produced by Degotion with the ambition to inspire insightful leadership in the digital age. If you found this episode interesting, join the momentum to amplify the voices of trailblazing leaders by sharing it with others for inspiration. For any questions or recommendations on other inspiring leaders you like to listen to, contact us via our website, degotion.com, or via social media as LinkedIn or Twitter.